All right, back with you. We're waiting for our call from uh, Congressman Hill. I'm checking my messages to see if we've heard from him. Doesn't look like I don't have anything as far as something from, let's see. Um, I don't see anything from anybody saying they're not there. I'm sending Stephen Smith a quick uh, message here. Oops. I must have left it. I missed it there. Where is that again? If, if there, if you're watching Facebook, you can see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm over here on my phone trying to send. Only oh, are you calling now? Here we go. Okay, just sent Stephen Smith. I'll get an answer from him. I'm sure here very momentarily. Could be that they had a vote or something like that, or he had a meeting and he's running a little bit uh, behind, so I'm waiting now for an answer from him to find out what's going on because uh, we talked earlier today and uh, he was going to be in to talk to us uh, about the impeachment. We're going to talk about uh, the president uh, today and his big announcement about what's going on over there in Syria with Turkey. And then uh, I want to talk to him about big tech uh, because uh, Representative Hill uh, questioned CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, about plans to introduce a new digital currency, Libra, uh, as well as how to protect individual data privacy and uh, Hill says, I appreciate uh, uh, that uh, you've looked at the reports that we have filed. That's good. I think be, you made it clear to Mr. Huzinga, Mr. Lukemeyer, and others that the Libra Association will not go forward in the world or in any country unless it meets an adequate standard here in the United States. I guess what I'm saying is this G7 announcement last week mirrors that exactly that the G7 countries beyond the United States agree with that view as well. Let's talk about privacy for a moment. George Gilder wrote a great book called Life After Google. I'm sure you've read it. If not, I commend it to you. Uh, A quote I'm paraphrasing, private keys are held by human beings, not by governments, not by Google, and I would add parenthetically, not by Facebook. Do you support the idea as a future digital world? We as individuals each control our data and we exchange it only when relevant at the time necessary to conduct a particular transaction. So we're going to talk to the congressman about that. That's really, this is important stuff. Uh, And uh, Congressman French Hill is right on the cutting edge dealing with this data privacy and the proposed digital currency with Facebook and we'll talk with him about that. I understand he's on the line right now. Hello, Congressman. How are things in Washington, D.C.? Were you over there with that group of uh, <laughs> of uh, congressmen trying to beat down the boor, uh, door of uh, Schiff's meeting this morning? Uh, no, but I saw the video. It brought me uh, a smile to my face. I was off campus at 9 and then went straight to the Zuckerberg hearing, so I missed out on the all the excitement three stories below the Capitol in the dark basement. 
Yeah, it is in the dark basement, by the way. And what a great place to be having secret meetings, huh? I mean, well, if you're going to have a secret meeting, I mean, what better place than in a dark basement? That's so, e- that's exactly right. It's it's definitely a star chamber, but we can we can talk about it. How long do you yeah. think it's going to take for the American people to understand that what the Democrats are doing is historically inc- uh, incorrect, uh, legally incorrect? And just nothing more than them running their 2020 uh, campaign using this impeachment inquiry. Well, it does bring back the old adage that if someone starts complaining viciously and attacking you for a particular behavior, look more closely because you may find they're doing it themselves. So uh, speaking of trying to interfere with elections, that's what this is all about, which is to damage and weaken Donald Trump as a presidential candidate uh, and attempt to use this just to, uh, you know, ruin his reputation and trample all the good things that he's done as president on the economy and with regulations and with leadership and rebalancing uh, both our trade and national security challenges around the around the world. So to me, it's all political. Nancy Pelosi's lost control of this process, which has surprised me. I think you and I have talked about this before. She's a very uh, organized, uh, commanding figure in Democratic politics. She's the Speaker of the House. And she, in my view, a few weeks ago, um, I don't know if she got mad uh, or got fed up or something, but she flipped a switch and allowed the more radical elements to call something an impeachment inquiry, and that has triggered all this behavior that is not in keeping with the House, not following the House's precedent or the way that it's been done both by Democrats in the Nixon impeachment process and uh, by Republicans in the Clinton impeachment process. And then I would just simply say there's nothing more solemn or important than the U.S. House of Representatives possibly considering impeachment against the president of the United States. And uh, instead of having an impeachment inquiry and a bipartisan process where people are able to call witnesses and be represented by counsel in an open hearing on C-SPAN, they've chosen to bury this whole process in the Intelligence Committee, which has nothing to do with impeachment inquiries, and buried in the basement of the Capitol. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a dark time for us in the United States. It really, really is. I mean, I remember Watergate. I remember it being on ABC, NBC, CBS, and the women complaining because it was wiping out their soap operas. The bottom yep. line, they had all of that testimony live, and there were Democrats and Republicans there questioning the witnesses like John Dean and Halderman and all the people that came up. Same thing with uh, – with Clinton. Now, you might not have seen it as much on ABC, NBC, CBS, but the news channels were already coming about, and you could go and you could watch it there. These folks are keeping it behind closed doors, and nobody knows exactly what anybody's saying, especially the Republicans. Well, let me let me uh, uh, tell you, give you Steny Hoyer's point of view. Steny Hoyer is the senior Democrat. He's the, minor- the majority leader in the House. He works for Nancy Pelosi. He says, look, uh, there are Republicans in each of these meetings, and the Republicans have the right to question witnesses, and, and, and that's true. 
But what's not true is the press and the public are not watching this. That's right. That's number one. Number two, Schiff is not releasing any of the transcripts of these hearings to the public. Everything that comes out of the hearing is a leak uh, to a favored news reporter by Democrats first, and I'll also say selective editorial comments from Republicans to counter that narrative. And that is not the way to run a fair and balanced inquiry. And on top of that, the people in question, of course, have no representation and they don't have any say in the process. So uh, the president, if he is the party being charged here, he's not has no right to confront his accuser. He has no right to cross-examine. Uh, it's just a sham process in a star chamber in a basement. You think the American people are going to see through this anytime? Well, we need to talk about it. I'm grateful you want to talk about it. I do think it's getting uh, insufficient balance coverage on the evening news programs that I catch. They're talking about, well, this witness said this about the president. It looks bad for the president. They may or may not give an alternative view from one of the Republicans that had been in the in the hearing room. Right. For, five hours or eight hours. But look, we could resolve all that by making this in a judiciary committee process approved by the U.S. House and on public television and just let people watch it for themselves. Yeah, put on C-SPAN for God's sake. Yep. Now, I will say this on behalf of the Republicans in the House who have sat through these two weeks or now three weeks of individual deposition witnesses. By the way, none of this is classified. It's all in a skiff in the basement in the Intelligence Committee, but none of the testimony is classified. They are just doing this so they can control uh, what is said about it is the only reason Schiff's involved in this thing. This is a complete, that's the sham part of this. Pelosi didn't trust Nadler, who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, to do a good job, so she just moved it to Adam Schiff just by fiat. Mm-hmm. So they're down in the basement. Um I fully believe that if if she was doing things right, she'd have a vote like we did in Nixon Clinton. She'd set up a judiciary committee process. She'd have public hearings, and we would actually see the transcript and hear what was happening every single day. And she's not doing it to discredit to her, to discredit to the House. I spoke on the House floor in my opposition to it last night. Um, so I think the American people really need to see that this is a railroad job. If they don't like Donald Trump, uh, fine, call for a fair process. If you love Donald Trump, call for a fair process. That would be my response. And look, Republicans coming out of those meetings for three weeks have said to me every day, we are happy for the whole transcript to be made public, every bit. I'm with you. Because in their view, shift is just cherry-picking information. Now, I, I know that you're not a part of the Senate, but you talked to Senator Bozeman, Senator Cotton. Senator Graham today or yesterday made the statement that he thought that when this gets over to the Senate, they should say that it was a sham, it was, uh, it was a false type of thing put on, and that they should just throw it out. What do you think? Well, I think they have no basis uh, for this uh, being uh, part of a Senate trial. First of all, I believe that it's highly possible that when Schiff's circus down in the basement is over and it's referred to the Judiciary Committee, 
that members of the Judiciary Committee are going to say, well, we don't know what all happened there. We're going to have to have our own set of hearings and our own investigation. It's conceivable. And the whole thing starts over again, and I would hope at that point, obviously, that it would be uh, public uh, and open to full view of the American people. But this is this throws Nancy Pelosi off her plan, which was, hey, we have to strike while the iron is hot, was her quote. Right. And Al Green that we talked about last week, we have to impeach him because he's going to be reelected. Mm-hmm. So none of that is in keeping with speed. Uh, so uh, I think that you, you I just can't imagine the Senate would think that the procedures over here had been held up to historic and legal scrutiny. All right. I could sit and speak to you about impeachment this whole half hour. I don't want to do that. When we come back, I'm, I'm going to switch around. I was going to ask you about Turkey, Syria, but instead I'd like you to talk about your time that you got to talk with uh, Zuckerberg you uh, at your committee and talk about big tech. That's coming your way. Our guest is Congressman French Hill. He's talking to us from Washington, D.C. We'll have more with him as we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back with Congressman French Hill from Washington, D.C. Today, uh, well, he's the top Republican on the House Financial Services Subcommittee on National Security. And today he got to question Facebook's CEO Mark Zuckerberg on uh, the proposed digital currency he's talked about, Libra, and data privacy. First, the important issue, I think, is data privacy. Now, Zuckerberg has hedged on the truth before, Congressman. Did you Do you think that he was being truthful with you, or was he talking around the bush, so to speak? I think he beat around the bush. I think he um, dodged the question because, and I gave him a quote from George Gilder's great book, Life After Google, and I did that on purpose. Because it's a book everybody in Palo Alto has read. It's a book that that Mark Zuckerberg would be very familiar with, even though he didn't have any. He had a poker face. He didn't indicate that he was or wasn't. <clears throat> but it basically argues that each of us own our data, uh, our health data, our financial services data, our IRS data, our real estate data, um, anything else that we deem important. And as we go to a full digital age, that's going to be become more important and that we will, through uh, a token or through blockchain, through double authentication, maybe triple, we will be letting people have access to that data for a specific purpose, transferring medical records between one doctor and another, doing something with our pharmacist, uh, doing a uh, mortgage loan with our bank. But instead of all that information residing out at the institution, at the bank, at the brokerage company, at the doctor, we'll be in control over it. And it's not going to be scraped and sold by companies like Yahoo or Facebook and Google. And so the model is going to change over time. And I was looking to him as one of the world's leading experts on this, particularly as it relates to Libra, his new proposed cryptocurrency and payment system. Do you acknowledge that each of us have our control of our data in the future. We don't now. I'm not suggesting we have it now. I'm suggesting as he moves forward, does he recognize that? And he he did a little Texas two-step on that one. 
Talk about Libra a little bit. Help our listeners understand what that's all about. So 2 billion people use Facebook every day, uh, including Dave Ellswick, a great user and poster on on uh, Facebook. And one of the biggest issues for global users is they don't have a good currency. They don't have a good banking system. Uh, they don't have access to the banking system in the third world or in big rural countries or in countries with a broke banking system. And one of the most expensive things you can do in global finance is send money from one country to another. Okay. So an American citizen who is a, a former Mexican who lives in the U.S. and owns a business here, he has his mom and dad and brothers and sisters who still live down in Mexico. He may send them remittances that word is transferring money, cash, remittances, down to Mexico. It costs about 7% of the amount transferred to go from U.S. dollars to Mexican pesos, and then uh, be uh, that includes the foreign exchange from dollar to peso down in Mexico. And Zuckerberg has a dream, which is, well, gosh, we have this Facebook program. His dream is, I'd love for people to send money as easy as they send a text message. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, to me, that's an impressive vision statement. But then it falls apart, you know, in a lot of the details. And what he proposes is that they have a cryptocurrency that's a Facebook cryptocurrency with a, a consortium that's called uh, Libra that can be used for remittances around the world or payment for goods and services, uh, and that it be backed by a basket of currencies, including a majority U.S. dollar, but gold and maybe the euro, maybe the yen. And so the question is, is he creating his own currency? Will his currency replace the currencies of those currencies in all those other countries? Right. So this is a big, it sounds like an elegant, simple thing, which I think it is in some ways. But when you put it in practice, it has all these major ramifications. Yeah, and you're the kind of guy that we need up there, you know, you know, ferreting this out because you know banking. I mean, that's been your background. Well, I love the idea, and I'm, I'm a, I like the idea of future blockchain use, and I think that at some point uh, there'll be a role for uh, tokens, digital tokens, for settling transactions. But we need to make sure that we're in compliance with the anti-money laundering laws so that people don't use digital tokens to smuggle drugs, smuggle uh, human trafficking, smuggle our kids, uh, conduct illegal mafia operations or, or money laundering operations. So that's a very important part of this new world, even though we recognize it can bring down that important cost of transferring money from one family member to another. we got about 90 seconds, so I have time to ask you your thoughts on what Turkey announced today and what the president announced today. Yeah, so the president announced uh, that he was going to drop his sanctions on Turkey because uh, he believes that the ceasefire along the Syrian and Turkish border will stand. Uh, My attitude is let's see that that happens. We're still pursuing designing sanctions in the House and the Senate that we can impose on Turkey uh, if they don't live up to being a treaty ally of the United States. They've done nothing frankly, but double-crossed the United States in the last few years in regard to uh, Iraq and Syria and ISIS. 
So uh, I hope the president's plan works. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, we need uh, it, we need it to work uh, and reduce the bloodshed there. So we'll be watching every day, and I think it's good that we're pursuing sanctions in the House and Senate potentially against Turkey, so that Erdogan, the head of Turkey, who is an authoritarian, knows that uh, here in Washington we can turn them on as quickly as they're turned off. And President Trump said the same thing today. Yeah, he so did. I think we're we're on the same page there. All right. We appreciate you, Congressman. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. All right. Bye-bye. Congressman French Hill here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Some very interesting comments from the congressman today dealing with impeachment, dealing with uh, that digital currency for Facebook called Libra and about uh, how to protect your individual data privacy, saying that Zuckerberg beat around the bush on a lot of that and didn't give any clear answers. And then, of course, what he had to say about what's going over, going on over in Syria. When we come back, Duck and Joe will be here. I don't know if anybody else is coming into the studio with them today or not, or it's just the two of them. I think we can handle it if it's just the three of us. More of the Dave Ellswick Show after the news. That's coming up next. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.